Thank you for joining us for Mental Health Let's Talk About It. I am your host, Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment, and you're tuned into CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. And this evening I have Angus Campbell in the, in the studio, and he is the Executive Director of the Caregivers uh, of Nova Scotia Association. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to hear about the Caregivers of Nova Scotia Association because um, I have aging parents and I have taken time off of my work to assist them with their transition um, and I understand the importance of uh, the support that you provide. So do you want to give the, our listeners kind of uh, an overview of exactly what Caregivers Nova Scotia is all about? Certainly. Uh, so we've been around for 20 years now, this year, and uh, we really have what we refer to as our four pillars. So we provide a lot of information uh, to caregivers and also to healthcare professionals um, as to uh, different parts of the, the, you know, navigating the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. uh, so where they can go for, for certain services and uh, many people that uh, just moved to Nova Scotia would be unfamiliar uh, with the, the way things work here, because it's different in every province. Yeah. So that's one of the things we do, is we give out a lot of information. And then we also provide a lot of support. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody at Caregivers Nova Scotia is or has been a caregiver, so we really do understand. And so it, it's peer support. We're not professional counselors or social workers, uh, but we're able to help people. Yeah. And so we, we offer 20 support groups uh, around the province every month, uh, as well as we have one that we do uh, like a telephone conferencing mm -hmm. uh, that we call caregiver uh, telegroup support. Um, and uh, then people will call into us one-on-one. -on -one. Um, you know, they, they may be, they may be in crisis and they often are that first phone call. Cause there's just, you know, the walls are, are crumbling in. They don't mm -hmm. know where to turn next. So we can take the time to, to speak with them. You know, if they need to talk for an hour just to get it out, we're willing to listen. Yeah. And then we also offer educational workshops. Um, and everything, well, the number one is caregiver stress management, mm -hmm. but we also do one on oral care, on uh, medications, and on advanced care planning, it's, uh, just for people to understand, um, you know, what that actually means. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then the last uh, pillar is our advocacy. And advocacy, we look at in two different ways. So one is... Um, of echoing the voice of the unpaid family and friend caregiver, uh, such as, you know, I, I testified before the Senate uh, on uh, discussing how caregivers of people living with dementia and the mm -hmm. challenges that they faced. Uh, but also it, it, it affects many, many caregivers. It's not just those of, of people living with dementia. Uh, but and then as well, occasionally people slip through the cracks in our healthcare system, and so we try to empower them that they can resolve their problems with, uh, let's say, with the health authority, the continuing care department. And uh, if if they can't get them resolved, occasionally I'll step in and and uh, ask to speak on their behalf. And so we we try to get those resolved. Nice, yeah. So I I really liked what you were saying there about that you allow the care providers to try to find their own way themselves to empower themselves with the information that you provide them 
but that you're willing to support them if they need it. Right. And just a slight correction there. So it's the unpaid caregiver that we, yes. that we support. They really are uh, the people that make up our membership. Yes. Yes. And we need to really stress that because that was my misunderstanding as well when I first contacted you was that these are the unpaid individuals. So family members who are willing to step in to potentially look after, um, you know, an individual who has an illness or a disability, uh, and they need extra care. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we mustn't forget friends because friends make up 16% of the caregivers. So that's a, almost a sixth that we're looking at of, of people uh, so that are not related by blood or marriage, mm -hmm. uh, but they are helping out uh, considerably. Yeah. And in, in Nova Scotia, um, almost one in three people is giving some form of unpaid care, which is a, a bit shocking, uh, but we can, you know, the demographics explain that. And we have an aging population. That's not only uh, the factors, but yeah. uh, an, aging, an aging population that is, uh, we, it, it's always between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick who has the most per capita really? uh, seniors. Okay. And, and so um, uh, we so we have that one factor of the aging population, and the other factor is we have an out migration of youth, and so uh, we don't have the same amount of people at home to give that care uh, or to assist with that care. Mm -hmm. um, we also see how that spills over into home care with the continuing care programs. They're always looking for people, the home care providers and and uh, nursing homes, long-term care facilities are always looking for good qualified people. So here in Nova Scotia, we actually have uh, our aging population is 5% higher than the national average. Wow. Um, yeah. And 75% and of all the care provided in the home is given by an unpaid caregiver. Mm, yeah. I, I can go on with statistics. Uh, you know, I you know there was a big study done where uh, the bottom line was that ninety eight percent of seniors who are living in the home um, uh, would not be able to stay at home if mm -hmm. they did not have an unpaid family or friend caregiver. Yeah, and, yeah, and I I totally get that. I mean, even if our listeners each one thinks about their family and who is assisting somebody in their family or even somebody in their community. You know, they go over and they help a neighbor who may need some yard work or they may need somebody just to check in on them on a day-to-day -day basis because they don't have family in the area potentially. Absolutely. We hear about that all the time from people. So, you know, caregivers are part of our fabric mm -hmm. and, um, they're almost an invisible population because so many people don't say, well, you know, I'm a caregiver. You know, they'll say, well, I'm, you know, she's my wife or, you know, he's my husband or, yeah. you know, that's the daughter, you know, and, and yet we have to recognize this very, very important role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you think that, you know, communities and society has changed because in the past that was just the norm, like you looked after your family, you looked after your neighbors in the community, that was something that was just ingrained in people. And now it's not so much. Things have changed. Things have really changed. And so I remember, you know, and I'm 
60 years old, <laughs> uh, almost. Uh, so, but I remember uh, my grandmother. Um, so she was sort of quote unquote shared with, you know, our family and then with our different cousins. And so yes. she'd, she'd go and spend time at each one of them, uh, that people could look after her. And she still was doing rather well. She was a bit frail, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, she was doing quite well, uh, but still, um, she had given up her home and, yeah. and so we all made a home for her. Yeah. And so my mother took in and she's from a family of 15, my grandmother, and she had Alzheimer's. And so she lived with us for, you know, quite a little while. Um, and mom was still working at the time. And so we rotated because somebody always had to be home with grandmother um, because of her, you know, levels of care. Um, And we had community people come in and help us out too. Like if mom had to work or I had to work or go to school. And it was fantastic really to see people willing to help out. Yes. I I think uh, most seniors, if we focus on seniors, I think most Mm -hmm. seniors want to remain in their homes. And uh, this is what studies have said to us. So I think the the government has responded mm-hmm. uh, in creating different programs, so such as the caregiver benefit to support uh, lower-income Nova Scotians. We're the only province in Canada uh, to offer such a benefit. Okay. Um, uh, and then as well, we have the supportive care program, and or we. This is through this is the uh, <laughs> Department of Health and Wellness, and the yes. content, you know, um, uh, administered through the Continuing Care Department. Uh, so this is a, a program, supportive care is for people uh, with moderate to uh, advanced dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's $500 per month tax-free, and it's to be used for certain ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so there's, there's that. Uh, we also now have a self-managed care program. So, yes, I, yeah. I, that was quite exciting to me because someone who likes to focus on the empowerment aspects of things. So can you just... Briefly talk about that one. Well, it's um, uh, it's one that does require a bit of training mm-hmm. from continuing care on how to actually use it. Uh, so people are given X amount of dollars, so they're not using their regular home care workers are, are no longer coming into the home. Yes. Uh, instead, the care recipient, if they're able to, or the caregiver, if they need to, to do it, yeah. um, will actually hire somebody oh, of their okay. choosing to come into the home and, and give that care. Mm-hmm. So that is still empowering because they get to choose the individual who's in with them in their home. Absolutely. And for the people that it works for, it works very, very well for. Yeah. And I can see that. I mean, I would want to vet the person who is either coming in for me or for my parents, for sure. Yes. And it gives you great continuity, right? You're having the same person come in you know, yeah. five days a week or however you choose to spend that money because that is the empowerment is that you get to choose, you know, you have X amount of dollars. How are you going to spend it on, on your care? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and you talked about, you know, kids that move away and go to Australia or, you know, anywhere in Canada, but they can still contact you to get assistance with uh, somebody that needs assistance here in Nova Scotia. Absolutely. So we have a number of clients from right across uh, Canada, so uh, of, of caregivers, 
that have a loved one here in Nova Scotia, usually a parent, and uh, uh, but we also have people from, we've had uh, calls and emails from the United Kingdom, from Switzerland, mm. uh, from Australia, from the States, uh, and so, and they utilize our website yeah. uh, a lot. Yeah, and your website is very detailed. I, I did take extra time yesterday to go through it. It's not some websites you go on and it's just so much it's too much but yours is very clear concise and you always have the option to contact somebody with further questions absolutely absolutely yes we receive a lot of uh, good comments uh, about our website and it is kept up to date mm. every day if we need to post something it goes up on that day so yeah. so people um i think people have come to learn that from it um, you know, we also have social media with Facebook and Twitter, but uh, the the website really the, is is full of resources, in, including a new one. Um, but uh, I think you're going to ask me about that in a moment. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. So when we come back from our break, um, we're going to continue with Angus and uh, the information he has for us on the Caregivers Nova Scotia, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to Mental Health, Let's Talk About It. I'm Charlene Pickram, and we are talking with Angus Campbell, who is the Executive Director of the Caregivers Nova Scotia Association. And before we went on the break, um, I was going to ask uh, Angus about the new Transitions in Adult Care program that you have in place. So this is pretty exciting. Give us a little scoop on that. Well, it sure is, Charlene. Thanks so much. Uh, so Transitions in Adult Care is a new section that we've added to our website. It's actually uh, about 40 pages, 40 web pages long, uh, and uh, has about 100 um, PDF files or links to other resources mm. uh, on it. So it's it's uh, very thorough, although we're always looking to improve it, uh, like anything on our website. But it really uh, gives an introduction, first of all, as to, you know, what do we mean by care? And and um, so, you know, who's the caregiver? Who's the care recipient, etc.? Yeah. And then, then we get into, you know, what to look for when changes are happening. Mm -hmm. So could be frailty, could be changes in mental health. Um, and then living safe, well, actually starting difficult conversations with people. You know, it could be something like, you know, Dad, have you thought about maybe it's time to give up the car keys or, you know, the, some very challenging conversations. So we really support people in that and give some good information towards it. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about living safely at home because we know most seniors want to remain in their own homes as long yeah. as possible. Yeah. And, you know, so, so we uh, look at different issues regarding that and topics. And then, you know, is it time for a move? So looking at it and there's some checklists there about well is it this way is it that way to help make that decision and even so when if that's the case you know how to downsize and you can start that early how you know moving in together so maybe maybe your loved one comes and lives with you mm -hmm. or you go and live with them and the challenges that can come along with that and and being prepared for those challenges and then of course we look at seniors housing and uh, long-term care be it residential care facilities or nursing homes or private pay housing options for example 
And then, of course, we give some crisis care and planning around that. Uh, yeah. Um, other other things while somebody is living in their home. Yeah. And it is. It's all about the transition and planning. And, and I think back to my aging parents um, who, you know, thankfully are financially secure. They're still here in Sackville in the home that, you know, they built in 72. And, you know, their plan is to remain in their home. Um, and so they've been doing the transition, you know, changing the bathrooms up, widening doors for wheelchair, um, and, you know, arranging the yard so that they can still engage in the things that they've always loved to do and make them feel fulfilled. But that takes a lot of time, a lot of planning, and money. And a bit of money. Yeah. And a bit of money. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Again, they're very supported by their community and by family who, you know, come in and help them out and which is fantastic because I would be very limited in what I could do if I was required to be the one that was only there caring for them. Absolutely. So appreciate, appreciate everybody who steps up and helps up, helps out in those situations. Right. And so for people who don't have access to the internet, they can always call. Because one of the things mm-hmm. that we will do is that uh, we'll discuss with somebody certain, you know, uh, topics with them that there are challenges that they're experiencing. And if they don't have that access, we'll gladly print off some pages and mail it to them. Yes. Yeah. And that is legitimate because for me, I mean, my father fought tooth and nail that he was never going to be hooked up to the computer. Yeah. Um, and now that he's limited in his mobility, he loves it. Yes. Right? Yes. And and has realized he can search anything he wants and talk about anything he wants. But there are still people who are, don't want to learn. It's expensive to have the internet and to get a computer and all those things. So it's nice that you provide that, Angus, because it's inclusive. Yes, and and another thing, uh, just on that topic, so especially for new internet users, is we have a section on the transitions in adult care about fraud. Yes. So it's something that people need to pay attention to. Yes, and I do have a guest coming in to speak specifically about that, because even myself, I have a hard time. So I can't imagine what it would be like when you're older and you have you know, no idea. It's not that you're um, ignorant or anything. It's just that society has changed. It sure has. People are just out to, yeah, Yeah. it's not good. No. Um, And so you talked about that you have a a newsletter, uh, the Chronicle Herald Senior Living Section, um, that you and Star Cunningham write for? Yes, and, yeah. and a, a number of other people as well. So, uh, so first of all, we do have a Caregivers Nova Scotia newsletter. Okay. And we, uh, we have uh, well over 1,500 and 1,600 people that receive it electronically and over 500 people who receive it uh, in the mail. Because we, wow. we still print. It's very important to, yeah. to reach everybody. Yeah. Uh, and so for the Chronicle Herald Senior Living section, so they, they have a, a pullout once a month. 
And so I write a caregiving column for that. And uh, it's been very well received. We've had more people uh, calling the office uh, mm. looking for help. So it, it's, a, it's been a great uh, outreach tool. Mm. For sure, yeah. And and so how do people, do the people sign up to get the newsletter? Is that how it works? They can call us at the office at <coughs> 902-421-7390, and we'll gladly sign them up that way if they want to receive it in the mail, or they can go onto our website, www.caregiversns.org. And uh, on the bottom of every page, there's a button that says subscribe. And so they'll be able to do that. And, and part of that subscription can also include uh, getting uh, event notifications, such as mm. when we're having a workshop, uh, and specifically for their area. Yeah, yeah, which is so important. Yes, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a great way because, uh, you know, we, we talked about workshops earlier. And so one of the... the you know, our most in-demand workshop is caregiver stress management. Mm. And I think that's really appropriate for this show because of, you know, uh, when we when we talk about uh, mental health, so often we're looking at uh, people who, who themselves are living with mental health issues, but we forget about the caregivers mm -hmm. and their mental health yes. and the challenges to them. Um, I was recently in Ottawa at the uh, Canadian Ment Mental Health um, um, uh, meeting, and uh, it, there were a number of caregivers there of people who were living with mental health issues, and whenever the topics came up, they they never saw the self-care. They never mm -hmm. saw themselves in the picture as needing to look after their own mental health. They kept coming back to the mental health of their loved ones. Yeah. And so this is one of the things that we teach. Um, we, we really address that in the, the um, caregiver stress management workshop. Mm. And that it's so essential to have individuals who care for others look after themselves first. Because if they go down, then who's looking after the other person? We always talk about the oxygen mask in the airplane. Yeah. When, when it drops, you've got to put your own on first before you can help anybody else. Yeah. And it's the same thing for caregiving. Caregivers do need to look after themselves or mm -hmm. they will burn out quickly. Yeah, exactly. And and it's so funny because again in society, I'm a child and youth care practitioner, and when I started in the field, we were not taught or educated about our taking care of our own mental health. Um, and the signs and symptoms of when, you know, we're at risk. And now we're starting to see much more awareness on that. And I don't know if it's because there's so few skilled individuals to work that they know they need to look after us now, um, or just a, a better awareness and understanding that looking after others does have an impact on you. Absolutely. And I think it's, a, it's a, a number of factors put together. So uh, we realize that, you know, physical health is important. And we're finally learning that mental health is important as yeah. well. Yeah. And that, you know, mental health is something that we all have the ability to improve self. We don't have to go to medical profession. That's mental illness. Mm. Mental health are those five basic things that, you know, um, engaging with others, helping others, our physical, our sleep, 
our eating. Those are all things that we have control over. Um, but sometimes we need a little extra support. And so talking about support, you have a lot of different support groups around. We do. We have 20 every month around the province. And as I said earlier, one that's done via teleconferencing. So the people uh, uh, cannot leave their homes or mm. do not wish to leave their homes. And all of our programs and services are free, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but in September, we're hoping to start a new caregiver support group here in Lower Sackville. Or, you know, it could be on the Bedford border. Yes. Uh, but it will, <laughs> it will be in this area. Yeah. So if anyone's interested in that, again, we ask them to give us a call at 902-421-7390. And we'll gladly take their name and let them know when it's going to start. So are you looking for a location specifically to get that started, Angus, or what's what's holding you back? Um, well, we don't normally start something new when we're moving into the summer, mm. you know, so uh, right now this would, is not a good time to start it up because we do see that uh, we do keep our support groups going all year round, yeah. but we do see a drop in the summer as, uh, you know, people have, have other um, uh, commitments that they need to go to, or perhaps they've got, uh, you, you know, uh, children visiting or loved ones visiting that will take over some of their caregiving responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're just getting outside and that's the break. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we all love that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like Angus, Angus was saying that, you know, if you're interested in, the new potential Bedford Sackville support group coming up, give them a call. And uh, when they officially get it set up, they'll let you know. And, and I'm sure that the surrounding area will very much appreciate that. Um, because we, you know, here in Sackville, we very much are trying to um, build a community to look after ourselves. And, and this will help us. To, it'll be one more step to, for us to do that. So that's great. Thank you. Um, so in regards to, you know, you talked about mental illness for individuals who are being cared for in their home. Um, is there anything specific or is everything kind of general um, in regards to your resources? Uh, so we can point people uh, in in the right direction uh, to some uh, resources, depending upon what their situation is. Mm -hmm. But our support groups, for example, they're open to any caregiver, any unpaid family and friend caregiver, mm -hmm. um, regardless of uh, the condition of their loved one. So be it frailty, dementia, you know, multiple uh, sclerosis, or uh, uh, just the, the, and mental illness. Mm -hmm. So uh, because we really like to see people sort of leave the illness at the door and come to the meeting and talk about caregiving and what support they need, that mm. self-care. Yeah, which provides you direction on what you guys can provide. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, I want it's similar to patient centered care, except it's caregiver care. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Great. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Angus Campbell, the executive director of the Caregivers Nova Scotia Association. And we'll be back in a moment. 
Thanks for staying tuned into CIOE 97.5 FM Mental Health. Let's talk about it. And we're going to continue our conversation with Angus Campbell, who is the Executive Director of Caregivers Nova Scotia Association. And um, Angus, who else in Canada participates in providing care or supports to others? Sure. So uh, there are two other provincial organizations, the Family Caregivers of British Columbia and Caregivers Alberta. Um, but I'm pleased to announce that uh, a new one has just been launched in Ontario called the Ontario Caregiver Organization. Uh, they haven't got their feet off the ground yet. Uh, they still are, are uh, waiting to hire a, um, uh, an executive director. Uh, and then they'll start you know, uh, putting some programming and services together. Um, what uh, what I, I've been working with them for a couple of years to help them put this together, and yeah. uh, I'm really uh, happy to note that um, it, it's being modeled after Caregivers Nova Scotia. Nice. They, they just saw how, how practical our programming is, mm -hmm. and they just thought this would be a good, uh, a really good one to, to follow. So, um, you know, we, we welcome them to the family. Mm. I, I'm surprised that it's not in every province, considering it's government funded. Well, every province is different when it when it comes to health, and okay. that's why. So, um, you know, we we need to actually keep approaching the the federal government to maybe say, you know, either get some separate money or let's uh, get the the each province uh, to get something like this up and running because mm. we receive so many great comments from people like such good feedback and, and how we've helped them out so much and yeah. you know people will tell us that you know we're lifesavers now I have to say you know I, I always say I'm just the administrator I sign the checks <laughs> you know I'm fortunate that I work with six fantastic women Wow. Yeah. So, so they're the ones that are really doing all the work. Mm -hmm. And we happen to be hiring a new person in the Valley. Uh, so I've uh, done some interviews around that. So we'll be making a decision, decision soon. Nice. Um, and it's because we have such a high need in the Valley and the South Shore that mm -hmm. the one person that was hiring the whole Western or, or was handling the whole Western region is, is, uh, she'll be able to concentrate on the South Shore. Yes. Yeah. Which is so essential. And, and it's great that you recognize your team. That's fantastic. Um, you're not just the executive director. <laughs> <laughs> you have value as well. Um, so, Angus, how long have you been with caregivers in Nova Scotia? Um, five and a half years now. Five and a half years. And so you you have experienced yourself as of being a caregiver. I do. Yes. I, I looked after my late partner uh, for uh, almost a year and a half, mm. uh, who was hospitalized for almost nine months and then at home for um, seven and a half. And so it was very challenging. Uh, yeah. You know, my life changed in a moment when I came home uh, and found him collapsed on the bathroom floor and delirious. Uh, and he remained delirious for 10, 11 weeks while he was hospitalized and he never uh, walked again. And so it was very, very challenging, but mm. he wanted to come home like most people do. Yeah. And so we, you know, we set up the home. 
Um, yeah. I wish I had access to something like transitions in adult care that I could have, uh, you know, had some good resources to go to. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had known about Caregivers Nova Scotia that I could have had that, you know, excellent resource to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we made it like most caregivers, you know, we step up to the plate and, yeah. you know, we just hit the ball as hard as we can. Yeah. And, and you know, that provides you with such empathy for what others are going through and the awareness of the potential needs that you had during that time and the impact on your mental health and everything. I mean, it impacts everything. It, it absolutely does. Um, but like most caregivers, I wasn't looking at the self-care, right? No. Everything's about the care recipient. And it's just, it's a natural mm-hmm. uh, to, to do that for somebody when they need so much help. Uh, so it, uh, I, I, you know, it was an honor to do. I'd do it all again. Um, uh, I know a lot more now. Uh, so I think it would have made it a little simpler. Um, yeah. But, you know, I give a great needle. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, I think it's really important that people understand that usually individuals who work in specific areas, their passion is because they've experienced something. Um, and the advocacy, you know, the willing to travel all over Canada and speak and advocate on other people's behalf and get programs running and support that. So thank you for doing that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It, it really is my passion. Yeah. You know, I'm supported, you know, with a great staff, but also a great board of directors. Mm-hmm. And so how many people do you have on the board of directors? Uh, currently we have 10. Okay. Yes, and so we we uh, could have up to twelve. Uh, so there's uh, a, a good diversity there. Nice. Uh, so we have people from across the province, and uh, um, where it's coming up, our AGM is going to be in June, and so I think we ha- will have uh, three more spots open up. Uh, I know that one person is is leaving. She's done four years with us, mm-hmm. and so uh, if anybody is interested, please give us a call. Yeah, definitely. And um, so we've talked about, you know, your transitions in adult care, uh, the support groups that you have all over the place. If you don't want to go out of your house, you can give them a call. Um, And so I also want to talk about, um, you know, when individuals are transitioning from the hospital to go home, And uh, so I've had this experience. We weren't told about Caregivers Nova Scotia. Um, So what kind of education are you guys providing to healthcare, uh, I guess, professionals um, to pass on the information? Well, we, uh, we go to continuing care, for example, because they're the people that, even though you're in the hospital, you are being assessed, or a patient's being assessed yeah. uh, by uh, continuing care as to what their needs will be at home mm-hmm. or if they're going to move into a long-term care facility. Yeah. Uh, so continuing care is, is, is right there. So we try to keep them informed. Um, we have on our website a uh, referral form that they can just 
uh, fill it out. And so they don't have to, you know, print it and, and write on it and fax it. We've made it really simple. It's totally secure. Nice. And so it comes straight to us. And then we call somebody uh, if that day or the next day. So depending mm-hmm. upon what time of day we receive it. And just to make sure they know about us, they know what the uh, programs and services available to them are. Uh, so, so we like to keep that communication going right away to mm-hmm. the caregiver. Uh, but uh, healthcare professionals, like right now with our, our brand new section of uh, Transitions in Adult Care, or what we call TIAC, because mm. uh, we all <laughs> like acronyms. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, uh, part of the funding that we got from the Department of, of Seniors, because we did get a small grant from the Department of Seniors to do this, yeah. um, is that we now have some dollars that we can go around the province to various clinics, you know, seniors teams, uh, people mm. that really need to know about this information. And we'll hold a lunch and learn and make sure everybody's clear as to what is where and how this can help uh, yeah. the people that they're helping. Yeah. And through your workshops, like you were saying, you go, uh, you were saying Goldboro, because I was talking about Guysboro. And uh, so you mentioned, you know, you do go out into the rural areas to provide these workshops. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we cover everywhere in Nova Scotia. Um, you know, Guysboro and Goldboro, we only get to about once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, when we do, they're happy to see us and, and people show up for, for the workshops or whatever may be happening, if it's a health fair, etc. because we're at health fairs too, mm-hmm. uh, uh, down on the French shore. So in Yarmouth and Clare and Digby, um, the VON actually holds uh, support groups there, caregiver yes. support groups. But we assist them, right? We partner with them. So yeah. we'll go and we'll hold our workshops for them, and they're very grateful about that. Uh, we used to do caregiver appreciation teas, and so we've been Ooh. to Yarmouth and Digby with those as well, but partnering with the VON. Um, there's a small uh, group in Kentville uh, that meets, and, you know, again, I've been there and talked to them to let them know about our programs and services. So, um, you know, we're, in, and of course, the Alzheimer's Society. Yeah. You know, I have, you know, we, we go to the Alzheimer's Society, uh, some of their, their uh, support groups. Uh, we've also done events with them that people know that both are available because we have some com- some caregivers that actually need that much support. So yeah. they'll go to a support group uh, with the Alzheimer's Society and one with us. And we're quite happy to, to welcome them. Yeah, I love that you collaborate with other groups because, you know, again, it's the spread the message it's to spread the services that are, you know, available. Um, and so you mentioned VON and Alzheimer's Society. Is there anybody else that you collaborate with on a regular basis? Uh, we did uh, um, caregiver retreats with muscular dystrophy. They had they received some money, uh, and uh, so they turned to us as the caregiving experts and said, what could you do for us? It was so successful that they oh, yeah. hired my one of my staff uh, to go and do it in New Brunswick and again in Newfoundland. Awesome. So, you know, uh, um, these are the, the type of people we work with. We're, we're looking at uh, doing something with March of Dimes right now. I just don't know if I have the staff available to do it. Uh, and um, uh, But as I said before, so uh, the MS Society, um, it's, it's a long, long list of people. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. And so essential because, again, you guys are so inclusive um, that, you know, like you said, mental illness, physical illness, all underneath the same umbrella. So you're not, you know, discriminating from one disability or one lack of ability. Um, and, and thus, that's why you can join up with so many different groups. Absolutely. A caregiver is a caregiver is a caregiver. And that's regardless of the age or condition of their loved one, Mm -hmm. we're here to help. Mm -hmm. In talking about age, so is there an age restriction? Like, is it, can it be children, youth, you know, does it have to be elderly people? Absolutely not. Okay. Actually, one of the trends we're seeing is that we're having more parents uh, of disabled children contacting us. Yes. Yeah, I can definitely see that. We also, another trend is that we're having more caregivers of people with mental illness uh, contact us. So we're quite willing to help out in that way. Yeah. And it's peer to peer, right? This is peer support. Yeah. And, and peer support is so important. I mean, again, on the mental health aspect of it too, it keeps us connected. The individual who is helping gets the benefits out of it as well. So it's a win-win, which is so important. Um, and so do your peer supports, do they often have experience uh, as care providers themselves? Um, everybody on staff is or has been a caregiver. So that unpaid family and friend caregiver where we relate to it so well. Mm -hmm. And I think it also gives us credibility with, with uh, caregivers. So when we go out into the community to do something, it's like, oh, you've stood in my shoes. So you understand. Yeah. And credibility is just so important, you know, because so often we say, I understand, I understand. And really, we cannot fully understand another person's perspective or what they've gone through. Um, But just knowing that on some level, yeah, someone gets it. Absolutely. is so important. Yeah, definitely. And um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Caregivers Month, Mm. um, which is May this month and uh, just the different events that are going to be taking place and Angus is going to fill us in on that. So when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Angus Campbell from the executive director of the Caregivers Nova Scotia Association. Welcome back. In the final segment of Mental Health, let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 FM. I'm going to finish up our conversation with Angus Campbell. Um, And Angus, it is May. And May is what? May is Caregiver Awareness Month. That's right. And so for you guys, this is a very busy month. Absolutely. We have lots on the go. So uh, a number of workshops uh, booked, but then as well, we really push the awareness. And so when we do that in a number of ways, um, uh, through our website, so for people who uh, do have access uh, to the internet, uh, www.caregiversns.org, and um, they'll, there's, there's lots. There's a new message coming up every day when you sign on. Yeah. There's other resources that are highlighted for people to look at. Um, the, the, the public libraries are always, they're wonderful to partner with. They are. So 
you know, somebody, if they don't have computer access, can go into the public library. They can ask. They've created a, a resource list of all the different library uh, 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 books and other resources that they have. So and they can come from anywhere in the province and, and uh, be delivered to that, their local library. Uh, so that, you know, the libraries, they're just A1. Yeah. Um, but we also have on our social media campaign. So uh, we have what's called, you know, hashtag CG aware 2018. <laughs> and for those of us that don't use uh, things like that a lot, yeah. um, you know, ask the kids or the grandkids. They'll, they'll know <laughs> for right. sure how to yes, do that. Yes, they will. I yeah. kind of miss not having kids because <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't have that techie teenager around to help me. I have Jim, the producer in there. He helps me with my techie stuff but <laughs> yeah. yeah so so uh, both on facebook and twitter uh and then on facebook uh you can actually put a frame so what's what's called a frame so you have your own photograph there and then you can can just grab a frame and you know it says may is caregiver awareness month you know i am cg aware 2018 so mm -hmm. and if anybody needs help doing that please give us a call you know 902-421-7390 and we'll help people uh do this um and also the transitions in adult care so it has just launched mm -hmm. uh in may for caregiver awareness month nice and uh so you know we we are considered the you know the experts in caregiving or the ambassadors of, mm -hmm. of caregivers in nova scotia um, but we don't uh, pretend by any means that we know everything. So what we did as we were building this section is we went to healthcare professionals, mm. um, you know, and, and asked their opinion after we had built it up. We went to, obviously, a number of caregivers to ask them, you know, what do you think? And we got some great feedback from them. And then we also created as part of our campaign a um a form that people can print out and it says you know what i learned from transitions in adult care and so both uh, you know healthcare uh, or uh, caregivers and healthcare providers are writing what they learned they're taking a nice you know a big fat marker and and <laughs> writing what they learned on it and and it could be self care or I learned about how long uh, uh, long term care works or I learned that that's where I can find the waiting list for long term care mm. or other things like that uh, the private facilities and that are all around the province and uh, so there's there's a it's quite a bit of resources that are there in that one particular section. So we're really happy to launch it mm -hmm. as part of Caregiver Awareness Month. Yeah, you did well to get it up and running on time. Sometimes the dream is there, but sometimes it doesn't always happen. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. But again, it's it's the you know it's the team that yeah. I work with, right? They're just, yeah. they're brilliant, and and everybody is so dedicated. That's fantastic. It's nice to have that, you know team culture when you go in everybody has the same goals the same vision and you're you know really advocating for your focus group absolutely yeah for sure so what workshops are you doing this month um, I believe uh, in the, the Truro area so the northern and eastern uh, mainland region. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe Cindy's doing uh, caregiver stress management and uh, an advanced care planning. 
and then there are two more. I I can't quite remember because Sorry. they they they'll come up on the website. Mm, uh, nice. You know, a few weeks ahead of time. So yes, if if people subscribe to us either through our event uh, uh, page, which is uh, where the uh, people subscribe to the newsletter, yeah, uh, or if they follow us on uh, Twitter or you know like mm. us on on uh, Facebook, uh, then we announce usually three weeks ahead of the workshop saying this is what's coming up nice um you know we ask people to register because we just need to know what the head count is yeah for sure um, and then we'll remind people a week ahead of time mm-hmm. and so that's that's where they people get a lot of notice about them so what would a particular workshop look like because i know for a lot of people who you know they they're interested but they're a little anxious and so what would a workshop kind of entail for somebody who potentially has never been to a workshop before? Okay. Um, the, there could be between 15 and 25 people uh, and uh, facilitated by one of our um, uh, support coordinators. Mm-hmm. And um, the, these are workshops that we've, been, uh, that we've developed and have been working on for quite a while and constantly improving uh, based on the feedback that we receive from, uh, from people. Yes. Uh, so, you know, let's talk about mental health here is that our uh, caregiver stress management workshop So we start off by explaining, you know, well, first of all, we talk about how this is confidential, right? We we only allow the unpaid family and friend caregivers to attend, Mm -hmm. uh, especially this workshop. Okay. Uh, so we, because they, they have to feel comfortable. Um, yeah. Uh, because we offer group work or it could be solo work. Uh, there'll be handouts for them that they get to take home with them. Uh, things that they can follow along with the slides that are there and make their own notes. So, you know, in, in this particular workshop, we talk about stress, yeah. you know, like what exactly is stress? And then we focus it in a little bit more narrow and talk about, well, what's caregiver stress? Like what can, be about that specific to it and we get people talking about their own experiences and we'll tailor it to some people if they've got up some some particular uh challenges that they'd like to discuss Mm -hmm. you know we'll we'll put that on what we call a parking lot yeah right and then by the end of it we'll make sure that we'll cover those ideas um but by by the end of the you know caregiver stress management has really eight steps to it and the and the last one is you know making a strategy yeah. and so we use the you know smart strategy model there yep. and people can go home and they'll have an idea of you know this is what I want to move forward with now when we offer that again you know th- 3 6 months later we'll have them you know, if they like, they can come back again and do it again and see how are they doing, right? Just yeah. reinforce that again. And of course, they're able to contact us anytime in between. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Like that, I love a workshop that allows individuals, one, to have a voice while they're there to gather the information, but to leave with strategies that they can try. And we know that not all strategies are effective, but at least if you're trying, you're at least going to find something eventually. Exactly. And we might be able to point them into a certain direction. You know, uh, when we see some caregivers and they're so stressed, um, because some of the calls we get are some of the first calls we get are for, from caregivers in crisis. Yeah. We'll try to help them out as best we can 
but we do recognize that we are not professionals. So we can refer them on to a professional. Um, We know some where we can, you know, on a a sliding scale for fees. Mm -hmm. And uh, so um, we know how to to access those resources out in the community. Yeah. And, And for me, that's a big role for me. I am not you know, a doctor, I'm a social emotional intelligence profiler, you know, who does the workshops and the coaching, but there are things that are above me that, and I need to refer people on. And it's important to know the limits. Absolutely. So please refer any caregivers that you know. Yeah, that's right. Same, same thing for the listeners. Please refer. And, and if you're a caregiver, please give us a call. We'd be glad to help. And if you know someone who's an unpaid family or friend caregiver, mm-hmm. please send them our way just yeah. to let them know that we exist. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, again, for me, as having cared for, you know, my parents for a little while <clears throat> and not knowing what was out there, when I looked, I was just really impressed like just gobstocked Mm -hmm. because if I hadn't had the support I'd had I don't know how well it would have turned out yes um it was you know because again you talk about having the difficult conversations and you know trying to have and one of the responses I got was I'm still your parent. Yes, yes, yeah. Right? And and I get that. You know, yes, you are my parent, but right now we need to have some conversations and make some decisions here. Um, And my role is kind of changing a little bit. Yes, and the boundaries are moving. The boundaries are moving. Yes, exactly. And so I also notice here that you have a caregiver's handbook. We sure do, and uh, very grateful to the Nova Scotia Cancer Care Program, who have just sponsored the printing of uh, another uh, edition of it. So uh, we're going to have uh, 12,000 in our office. They'll be delivering one, or or including one, for every person that's uh, diagnosed with cancer and that's undergoing treatment. Okay. Um, We also have a where to begin guide that is often a good starting point for people because it's only Mm. six pages long. It's like a checklist. And and so it takes a look at, at everything that may be required in the initial bit of caregiving, you know, when someone's starting their caregiving journey. Yeah. So everything from nutrition and personal care and medication and just knowing who's going to do what. Well, can the, can the care recipient themselves do it? Because it's so important for people's mm. dignity. Right, that if they can do things uh, to uh, that, that we'll do it absolutely, and then if not, does does a healthcare provider do it, or does the caregiver need to do it, and who else could they enlist to help? Mm, that's fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and and share all the knowledge that you have. Um, much appreciated, and I know that it will be essential to somebody out there. Um, So thanks again, Angus, for coming in and joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. And on behalf of myself and my producer, Jim Francis, be well.